This is the Fundamental Podcast. You're listening to stories, lessons, and experiences of student athletes from around the world. And how our athletic crafts have shaped our identities. Welcome to the show. Do this. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Fundamental Podcast, where we talk about stories, experiences, and athletes. I'm your co-host, Che. And I'm your co-host, Chloe. Welcome to 2024. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, welcome to 2024, first episode of the year. Um, I know we have been taking uh, quite a bit of time off, first episode of the year, but I'm really excited to get this new year started. And yeah, thank you so much to all of our audience members listening to this right now. Um, whether you're new or like returning the audience, uh, well, thank you so much for your support. And I hope you enjoy the episode for today. And as always, we have a really amazing guest joining us um, to start of the year. So, Eba, do you want me to um, tell us about yourself? Hello, my name is Eba Kostov. I am a fifth-year college senior at DePaul University in Chicago playing soccer. I'm originally from Uppsala, Sweden, and I moved here in 2019, and I'm about to finish up my college career this spring. Wonderful. We're very, very happy to have you. And we've had, I think, a couple of guests before that are from Sweden, but we always really welcome some very diverse athletic experiences. And we know that this episode is going to be really exciting and really interesting, especially with the topic that we have at hand. So a lot of times it's kind of this um, unspoken struggle, this uh, kind of question like a lot of college athletes might have in mind. And that is like, what happens and where do I go? Where do I take my athletic journey post-college? Because a lot of people cultivate a lot of different um, discipline and scheduling and mindset. Just there's so many different factors that kind of craft you into this person um, made from your sport. And once that sport is finished, you don't want to be scrambling around. You don't want to be lost. You don't want to feel as though part of your identity is missing. So I think, Eva, you're a really great example of um, what what this might look like for you. And just we're going to explore kind of different opportunities, different resources to kind of stay um, in touch with your sport and ultimately like how you can um, really just keep um, keep that connection with something that you've been uh, crafting basically your whole life. So um, speaking of such, have you been in soccer for your whole life? Have you done multiple different sports? Can you just take us um, through your journey of like how you kind of got really passionate about soccer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, soccer was my first ever sport. I started when I was I believe four years old on the boys team and I have loved it since day one and still do. I feel like a 12 year old, those little 12 year olds who all think they're gonna be missing, they love soccer more than anything in the world. I still have that love for the sport, which I'm very grateful for that I do. In terms of other sports, I started off in soccer. Um, 
I, I'm from Sweden, so obviously I skied <laughs> growing up, skied, snowboarded. Uh, I also played a sport called floorball. I believe it's called in English. Not very popular here. It doesn't really exist. It's like indoor hockey. Uh, played a little bit of tennis, did a little bit of swimming when I was really young. So I started off in a bunch of different sports, but soccer is just what always stuck with me and what I really, truly love. But I played floorball and soccer for the longest combining up until high school. And it's a little bit different back home in Sweden compared to in the U.S., where, from my understanding, a lot of people might dabble in multiple sports in high school and play high school sports. We don't really have high school sports or it's structured differently. You basically have to apply and try out to get on. So I went to Celsius, the Celsius Gymnasium, Celsius High School, which is the biggest athlete university in Sweden. So they oh. accept about, yeah, so about six to 10 women's soccer players every year. Wow. Yeah, but it's mostly people from the city, but people from anywhere in the country can apply. And then you practice basically every morning of the week. So school doesn't start until 1030, but we don't play games with that team. You practice there, then you play games with your club team. Uh, so that's a little bit of information about how Swedish high school works. Uh, but so I did that. So in high school, I only played soccer, full soccer, practiced eight, nine times a week with club and school. And then I decided that I wanted to pursue a degree as well as playing. And that's how I ended up in the U.S. Wow. That's that's really interesting. I I think we just got like a backstory that I had not even like thought about just with the the different like upbringing athletically of how yeah. we like got into soccer and um I I recognize that from other guests previously explaining that like mm -hmm. there's really high school sports um yeah. in like Scandinavia and such but I never knew that you kind of like it was very highly selective for these kind of like athletic schools and then you'd like played in the morning and then you competed with your club that's really interesting that's something that I never knew so thank you for enlightening both myself Holly Chang and the audience so yeah of course it's very it's very different even in uh, middle school I went to like a soccer class so there were 30 kids mostly boys seven girls and we had soccer on our schedule on our class schedule twice a week oh wow um, yeah so it's a bit different from uh, how it works here in the U.S yeah yeah that's... definitely yeah it's like yeah it's like you can almost have like soccer so like become like a class that you you kind of just like you have a dedicated time to like to train and yeah it's like yeah it's like it's like similar to kind of similar in china too like and then in china and the u.s is more like they just call it physical education basically it's not really like yeah. have a dedicated sports period so yeah that's definitely really interesting for sure yeah it's funny when you look at my transcript that I applied with to college, you'll see that it says soccer and a letter grade. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. So, okay, that really sets up some great context for just learning more about you as a collegiate athlete. So you clearly had a lot of interaction with soccer up until starting college. And um, can you just take us through like, how college maybe changed your um, commitment level with soccer or like how it maybe deepened your passion or could you just talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think one interesting aspect in it all was from the age of 
13 in Sweden, I would play with women like a lot older than me, like people or from my age and up until I played with 40 year olds at a time because uh, it's not separated by age. So coming to the US and playing like, okay, here's a bunch of girls all the same age was definitely different, but very, very fun experience. Um, yeah, when it comes to my, I guess, love and passion for soccer, something that I've really learned in the US, the one scene of soccer is discipline on a different level. I've always had a high discipline, I would like to say, but the type of team discipline that they employ on teams here is insane in the best way. Uh, definitely a little bit of culture shock at first. I just remember first day of preseason, my freshman year, or first week, and we were doing running, 15-15 something down and back, and we all had to, you know, be on the line, and it was like right foot. You turn with your right, and everyone has to do it. If someone cuts the wrong way at the wrong time, everyone has to run extra, and then they switch, you go with left foot. And I was like, oh, wow. Feel like I'm in the military right now so that was something different but something that I've appreciated because the type of team spirit that exists in college sports is unlike anything I've seen at home uh, I've always loved my teams at home but I would say it's more individualistic people look to get ahead and people are willing to you know switch teams and try to find a path find figure out their career while here it's very much school spirit and team spirit and you feel very close in a different way and I guess that have deepened my passion for the team aspect of soccer um, but all of it has also just cultivated my love for soccer I mean I'm not done I'm done with my college career but I'm not done with soccer right that's pretty amazing to hear just the type of experience that you had and just the realization that you had with like wow this is maybe something that I've never felt like I've been a part of before, but now like just this collective discipline and ambition and just togetherness is something that, I mean, I even notice as a collegiate swimmer, um, yeah. as the audience knows, I'm a swimmer currently swimming in college at a division three level. Uh, and I would definitely say that the commitment level to the team and to one another is something really special and I can only imagine how stark of a contrast it would be if you had never experienced something like that before because even in clubs I think that you definitely see a lot of like unity in competition and races and you can just see like teams really getting together you know like rallying each other off that's awesome no, I think it's really cool compared like when I was in high school I would play for the U19 team so underneath underneath the women's team and everyone in United, yes, we were a team, we were competing together, but everyone were looking to get a spot on the women's team. So even though, yeah, we have a goal of winning our games, trying to win our league, but the ultimate goal, ultimate goal, goal was to get ahead and get a spot on the women's team. So you'd rather sit out your own team's game if you could go and be on the bench for the women's team that weekend. Wow. Yeah, that's really interesting to hear. It's like, Kind of just the feeling, how we just been mentioning how like once you start entering to the U.S. and entering college, it's more like you kind of playing for like something that's bigger than just yourself is in a way. So yeah, that's definitely like something kind of resonated with me too. Like when I first got here, like especially for golf, it's a very individual sport. I never mm -hmm. thought about like how golf could be like playing like in a team setting, but like I kind of realized that's actually not true until I started like 
seeing that more of that in high school and college, that's yeah, definitely something that's like, yeah, really interesting how like individual sports um, really transformed into like a team sport. And especially for soccer too, that's, that's even more interesting because soccer is like one of the sports that's like the most of the like competitive team sports out there in the world. And yeah, it's like you still can feel the same, same thing when moving to the United States, which is like, yeah, definitely really exciting and very interesting. Absolutely. And now I'm just kind of thinking about your like holistic college experience and kind of what you may have been through ups and downs, of course, as an athlete, but um, could you maybe pick like one particular experience or think about one particular moment where you're, you were like, wow, I never want this to end. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I... I would say I probably have two moments in my head, two moments. So number one was my freshman year. I came, so I originally started, started out in Kansas at the University of Kansas as a Jayhawk. And when I started the season, I didn't even know how this schedule, the game schedule worked, how it's non-conference and then conference, but you only play each team once. And I didn't really understand what was going on. I was just playing game by game, excited to win. Then I started to kind of figure out, and then we did really, really well. My freshman year, we won the Big 12, which was in the tournament, which was absolutely amazing. And I think that was the first moment where I was like, wow. It was, it was just such a team accomplishment and how we talked about the team spirit. Oh, my God. I, yeah, that was nothing I had ever experienced before. It was such a big win. It was such a huge thing. And at that moment, I was like, I never want this friend. Oh, my God. I'm definitely, you know, I'm not going home. Some people leave, especially European Scandinavians. It's my own stay for a year or two. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm staying all four, four years at least. So that was one of those big wow moments uh, where I just loved being a D1 athlete. And then I would say the second, although first, a very terrifying experience going through a transfer process, but just that first week of being here in Chicago and being at DePaul. And as much as I love my time with Kansas, I came here to this big city. I've never, you know, lived in a city at all, actually. I'm from the countryside back home. And uh, just so it was more a holistic thing of yes the soccer part of it being in the city or field is in the middle of lincoln park and you see the skyscrapers and it's, it's very neat and then being on the team but also just being in this city if and getting to live a city like that was the second time that was where an aspect outside of soccer made me feel like oh wow um this is just absolutely amazing yeah i can definitely agree with just the like kind of starstruck feeling when you, you know, collectively win with your team or like just in the heat of the moment, like everyone's kind of in this like flow state. Everyone's just like completely 100% present. And I think that like yeah. those moments are so incredibly special in a team setting because you just feel so incredibly like alive and connected with your sport. But then more than just that, you feel connected with other people who are wanting the same thing as you and just feeling the same thing as you. And I think that just the the power of our athletic craft is something that's just so remarkable because like the way that it kind of like just is infectious, like just the, the way that you can 
you know, really like be there for someone in their race or, you know, like work with someone, you know, on the field or in a rink, you know, like that's, it's really just a great experience to kind of be in the moment and be present with like fellow athletes. It's really, it's really something special. And yeah. Okay. No worries. Um, sorry. I'm just like kind of on a roll here. Cause I'm, I'm definitely like picturing it. Eva, like kind of what yeah. you uh, experienced. I, I bet it was, it was really cool just cause I, I know I've had quite a few moments like that in swimming too, where, um, you know, we've got a relay, it might be like, you know, a tenth of a second difference, you know, and just like the yeah. roar and the cheering and just the like energy. It feels like almost like, you know, like a lightning bolt struck down, but then it just carried through everyone. You know, it just feels like the shock of like energy. So it's it's really cool to experience. And, you know, there's definitely been times, even in my personal career, where I'm like, I I don't want this to end. I mean, I've been swimming, um, I've been swimming like I, I took swimming lessons when I was younger and stuff but I really started like getting into like a competitive team at, like 11 and then really got serious when I was like 13 14 I was like yeah this is like really mm -hmm. what I want to do I want to be committed to this and I think that even more so in college even though like you know division three is not the same level of commitment as a division one it still is very much like a voluntary yes every single day to the sport so I think that it has, in a sense, really um, put me in a position where I'm, like, accountable for my own, like, success and kind of, like, the day in, oh, day yeah. out, what I decide to do, you know, with with my athletic journey. And um, I definitely understand, like, that feeling of not wanting something to end. So have you ever kind of experienced, like, almost like a fear of like oh well what if I I lose this sense of like joy or what if I lose this sense of um like fun that or this passion mm -hmm. that I like cultivated uh yes for a really well for a really long time I guess it wasn't really on my mind and I never really understood how people like along my journey I've seen a lot of friends teammates who have lost their passion and love for the sport and quit and become, you know, went on and done other amazing things, but I never really understood it. I was like, but, but how you're so good at this and you, you know, you, you love this, right? How, how could you not? And actually it's funny when I was, I think I was only maybe eight, nine years old. I was sitting in the car with my mom. She was driving me to soccer practice. And as I was about to get out of the car and go to practice, I stopped for a second. I was like, mom, if I ever, if I ever tell you that I'm done with soccer, that I'm going to quit, you, you, you can't let me because you have to just remind me that I actually love soccer. I love it so much. And I'm always like, well, Eva, that's, that's not really how it works. If you lose your love, you, you lose your love. I can't force you to do anything. I was like, no, no, no. I'm just going to, I just needed to remind me. I'm always going to love it. I just know it. So for a long time, it never really crossed my mind that you can, that I could lose the love for the sport, but I guess it is later in my career. Yes, it's become a little bit of a fear because I feel almost like sports has become not only passion, but it's also a job. Like you talked about the discipline that 
you have to have that you're forced to have when you play college sports and sports and like you said yourself it's a voluntary yes you you know you can quit if you want to it's it's hard it's hard a lot of the time um so yes it is a fear i i truly think i will always in some shape or form it doesn't matter when i'm probably 40 years old i'm probably going to be in a field somewhere <laughs> kicking around but in terms of fear of losing the love i guess during covid it was actually really hard that was hard for me that was the first and only time in my life where i was like wow um this is not as fun as anymore this is not as fun and i don't love it as much and that scared me luckily it came back i think it was the best move i could have done to move to chicago um and i kind of regained that passion that i've always had yeah that's, that's yeah that's very great to hear um especially about a part that's about like how you don't yeah you tell your parents i don't let you quit if you wanted to quit like that's definitely that's a really it's really impressive how you have that like have that sensation have that like have that feeling in such early on um, mm-hmm. because like, yeah, I, I just remember like one of my family friends, it's a different scenario, but one of my family friends, cause she used to play the piano when she was growing up, but she just quit. And then, um, her parents just let her. And then she, like when she grew grew up and then she just, so told, now she's like, kind of looking back on it. She's like, why'd you let me quit? Like, it's almost mm-hmm. like, yeah, have that same, just uh, always have that same feeling. Like, yeah, it's so young. You can, you, you, when you're like younger, like you kind of don't have that feeling that where you exactly what you want. You like you might have this period of time, yeah. You don't like something, but you actually do love it in on the inside. So like yeah, yeah, just being able to push through and yeah, be able just to like have that passion or just finding that passion, just uh, yeah, it's really amazing. I'm curious about you guys. Have you guys ever had a dip or fear of having a dip? Has your love, passion for your respective sports ever changed when you went to college? I'm curious. Yeah, Jen, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so, like, yeah, it's, it's definitely true to a certain degree because, like, you know, like, I'm not really, like, playing, like, a like the highest level golf ever like in college so like i'm just yeah so like, i mean in high school i was like more definitely way more involved in golf like than right now but like yeah so that's definitely like the thing that's going to be i really wish i can play more but just because of school and everything else um just really didn't have the time to do it so that's the like the fear behind mine am i gonna ever gonna lose this however like the good thing is uh, my career path I'm on it's actually like really related to golf so um, like golf is a one of the essential skills that's um, really helpful if you have it so that's the only that's like the part that's going to be like keeping me going and also just like keep me in, like, in the sport basically yeah absolutely oh, I, I really love how I mean we usually don't have guests like ask the question so that's kind of fun <laughs> kind of be like the one answering um but you said like so many things that actually like really sparked a lot of one appreciation for this podcast because I think that just having athletes like you Eva on the podcast really like confirmed to me that yes like there are people that have like a one-to-one experience and they could be like on the other side of the world which is like really really cool um but first to answer your question I I definitely would say 
just based on observation and kind of some reflection on like the teammates that I've had over the years and the different athletic environments that I've been in kind of connecting to what you had previously said I have definitely watched a lot of very talented and um, very skilled athletes that really enjoy the sport quit and I always consider myself someone to be very unwavering and relentless with my passion and my commitment. And I, I feel like I've always been a very consistent athlete just with showing up for the sport, just as a sport does show up for me and, you know, self-development and identity building. So I think that I, you know, definitely owe that to um, a sport that has given me so much like swimming has. So I would say that my consistency is definitely something that I pride myself on. And I know that that can sometimes like come and go with this like feeling of, oh, well, I don't really know if, you know, this, you know, like this, this just doesn't feel right at times, or like this doesn't feel like, I don't really feel connected to this sport. I think um, when the season ended last year in my freshman year, I'm a sophomore now, Mm -hmm. and um, we didn't have like any more swim practices. I actually was probably the least motivated to go into the pool that I've ever been. Mm. Even like in COVID, like COVID, yeah. I was I was like itching to go to the pool every day, even though I couldn't. <laughs> and that was like pretty devastating. So I understand like how you kind of felt. But I I look back at that time, I was like, that was also probably the most like mentally clouded or like mentally like on like I was not as disciplined I was not as like there wasn't a lot of clarity like just with like my day-to-day focus my energy my sense of like drive it just felt like there was a lot of days where you know my schedule was kind of like all over the place there there was a lot of Mm -hmm. inconsistency and I kind of realized that like I feel like there's empty space here you know like that I just I, I simply don't have without swimming and Thankfully, I totally hit the ground running and had a really awesome summer. Um, you know, that was simply fueled by like that individualized commitment to say like, there's no one pushing me to do this, but I'm going to go to the pool. I'm going to go lift weights and, and whatnot. Um, so that was definitely like a point of time where like the motivation to just be at the pool and be consistent, it was kind of low. And I think that no matter like the the really important concept that I think just taking away from that reflection is that like no matter what kind of part you are part of your um, season or part of your journey you're in you know as an athlete just keeping in touch with like the sport is really important it's almost like Mm -hmm. growing up with a childhood best friend and then like just kind of drifting away from them and then you kind of feel like disconnected and then you're like oh, I really miss those memories or I really miss those moments where like we had so much fun together. You know, like it it really does feel like the more you kind of grow with the sport, the more it is like a living person. It's like you yeah, almost have yeah, to yeah. Like, cultivate this like relationship with this, with your sport. So I I definitely think that it in a sense is just, really important to like stay stay in the pool like stay on the field stay 
like on the court or whatever the case may be. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, a high level and intensity. And sometimes like you don't want it to be because you want those intense moments to be special and you want them to be memorable. So you don't have to force yourself into this, like, you know, like really, you know, hyper kind of like intense moment or anything to like, you know, force yourself to do anything. It could, it could just be Mm -hmm. simply like being at the pool, be like, just letting your, letting yourself be aligned with like the present moment and just like being there with your sport. So I think that that's one of the most important things for me that has just kept me like really committed to the sport is just like that consistency. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of just want to like, yeah, obviously we'll have like experience of almost like, yeah, losing our like passion for the sport a little bit at some point. And yeah, I just want to, about something like you mentioned earlier that really like I'm really curious about is like how first year when you first got into Kansas um Mm -hmm. like you didn't really understand like the conference schedule and you were just like playing um just for the Mm -hmm. sake of playing soccer so just I wonder like now looking back or just we're just comparing like your experience like right now after you understood like the conference system and you know like what are you playing for eventually um Versus the time you didn't understand, like you didn't know, like exactly how the conference were just playing soccer for the sake of playing soccer. Which one do you prefer, and why? Well, I think at the time it was slightly confusing. I kind of understood, but not really. I was like, "What do you mean non-conference conference? It both counts. What? What? You know?" And then actually, I think at the end of non- the non-conference season, our uh, one of our coaches, Derek, he's originally from England, sat me down and he had a paper and pen and he drew it all out. And I was like, with me and my Italian roommate and teammate. And we were like, oh, okay, I got it. So th- to answer your question, what I like more, I'm a very, very competitive person. Uh, the most competitive person that I myself know so I do like to compete for something. I like to know what the end goal is and I want to reach that goal and I want to be on the top. So I definitely prefer understanding the schedule system and how uh, how it works because uh, then I know more what I'm competing for. Yeah, interesting. Interesting little kind of question or like realization, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... I think now we've we've kind of talked about just like the commitment level the like I think we have a baseline of just understanding Eva's like passion and um, dedication to soccer so I think now the audience and myself are really curious as to like what what does it look like moving forward for you what are the options and um, now that we've kind of confirm that you are someone that wants to stay with soccer keeping in touch with soccer mm-hmm. and um, making sure it's a part of your life because it is kind of this unofficial job I definitely agree with that um, wholeheartedly mm-hmm. um, where do you see yourself now just as you are going to come out of your um, academic career full-time? yeah so part of me I really I really love Chicago. I fell in love with the city and part of me would 
love to stay here, honestly, because I've built a life here and I enjoy my life here. But playing professional women's soccer in the U.S., the opportunities to do so are somewhat limited. Unless you are an amazing player and you can just go ahead right away and play for the NWSL, um, which I'm not there. I wish I was. But for the people that could do that, that's amazing. But other than that, I've learned that there's not really that many opportunities to pursue a career in soccer uh, for women, which I was confused when I first came here. And I talked to, I went to actual and college to visit and I was talking to the players on that team. And a lot of them expressed that, yes, I'm here, I'm playing soccer and I'm studying nursing, I'm studying whatever. And they would all help explain how they post-college was were going to pursue their you know their whatever they were getting in education and that's what they were going to go and do and I was very confused I was like so you you're not going to play and that was confusing to me but then I quickly learned that you don't have the same opportunities here as you do at home a lot of people you know we have from the top league second league again that we had division one two three four five maybe even six I'm not even sure so there's so many opportunities and in every city wherever you are you can find a team and play on even if you don't want to play professionally with that being said that was a lot of background context but for that reason I am gonna go back um probably Sweden but maybe elsewhere I'm not I haven't signed with a club yet uh but I'm exploring my options so we'll see where I end up maybe Sweden maybe Germany we'll see yeah that's that's really interesting I think that that could be a very comforting comforting answer for a lot of audience members because Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of times it's just this really scary feeling that there might not be a possibility and that um, responsibilities of a job or just taking care of yourself like living out in you know the world because there's a lot of different commitments um, outside of sport that can maybe take away from like the opportunity to really do what we love and turn our brain off and just you know enjoy something that we've always been in touch with so I think that that was that was also something that I was very curious about and even like this past year I was like okay I know I I want to live in the present moment I want to be like you know staying staying here in the now but Mm -hmm. like what happens after college and for someone that is like interested in pursuing you know master's programs and um wanting to also integrate swimming as a part of my daily lifestyle I was kind of wondering like what did that look like and um, with swimming there's there's like an age group um, just for some context there's like an age group Mm -hmm. that can be like from you know eight years old to like 14 years old senior swimming is more 15 to uh, all the way up to college and that's you know like that's where you get into collegiate so um after that, then you can actually do something called master swimming. It's like an, it's an actual organization um, called U.S. Master Swimming. So that's definitely something that I know for sure I will be participating in. And yeah, yeah. Um, I think that just my advice to the audience is like, take the time to really seek out connections that can give you um, later opportunities if you want to pursue your sport. So or there can be, you know, a similar sport that might cross train the existing skills that you have. So like, for example, if you have skied all your life and maybe that's not an opportunity, 
anymore where you live, you can always try to find some type of like um, kind of adult club snowboarding or something, you know, like just to yeah. have some type of like similar connection with what you know. And I, I would really advise audience members that are in college um, and looking to pursue something beyond their sport and still be involved in their sport to to do so and be very firm in that commitment and say like, yeah, there's no there's no apology in wanting to like keep your sport as a big priority in your life. Like that's that's something that I think should be very respectable and you know with with a very big club that I have back at um, home in my in my home state there mm-hmm. is actually a master's club because there's different within the U.S. master's yeah. swimming there's different clubs like all over the United States and and we have one of them and just seeing these these adults like you know go go to work be successful with their you know home life and then also being very athletically committed um, not only just like going to the gym and just doing triathlons or you know open water swimming and mm-hmm. you know just doing all these things or like you know competing like I mean the the thought of you know having my last race be in college and yeah you know, I mean I would still be pretty young I mean 22 23 which is when mm-hmm. you know most most collegiates have their last race is pretty young you still yeah, have yeah. a lot of opportunity to still like grow and to still learn and I think that audience members shouldn't sell themselves short. Like, even if you feel like you're fulfilled, be satisfied with your career. And if you don't feel satisfied with just simply college sports, as wonderful and as vast as they may be, and all the experience that you gain, all the lessons that you learn, continue. Like, it's it's okay to just say, like, I want this to be a part of my life no matter what, because I bet there's multiple athletes out there that are trying to find that answer. So I would definitely say like, do the research, try to find connections and like ask your college coaches as well. Like ask them, where do I go from here? You know, how do I get involved? Or even just like, you know, if maybe you don't want to be like directly playing the sport, I'm sure that there's like multiple programs that you can take initiative in to try to like coach younger leagues or to like kind of be involved within like a mentorship. So like, I definitely think if there's, if you want it, there's a program out there for you. You just have to look hard enough. I 100% agree with you. And I myself, I'm not a swimmer, uh, but my girlfriend has always been a swimmer and played water polo in college and she did just what like you were talking about one of those master programs right out of college and would you know continue competing and she absolutely loved it um so I'm not a swimmer myself but like you said for the audience and for yourself when you're done it seems like an amazing opportunity to continue pursuing what you love post-college absolutely Definitely. Can you just like expand on what both of you just said? First of all, expand about what you just what you said earlier. Um, just for international students, not just international student athletes, just international students in general. Like, don't be afraid to like go back home in a certain sense. I understand the United States has a lot of great opportunities, 
you know, so just a full-time careers in running athletics or just in everything else. However, being able to treat like a VLAN availability to go back home to your home country also an advantage. Like you always have that backup plan. You always have that support back home. Being able to have a career, successful career there is always it's always going to be very fruitful, very great advantage. And Chloe, expanding on what you said earlier, just regarding and any opportunities, like just because you're not playing at the highest level, doesn't mean it's not meaningful. That means you should stop at stop like after college. Like for me, I didn't. Am I like a college golfer? No, I'm not. But do I still play golf? Of course, absolutely. But why? Because I love the sport. I really like it, like playing the sport. So, just a yeah, just a kind of for example, like. If it, I was like, you know, like some opportunities you guys mentioned, being to coach younger students, coach younger athletes, and also just being able to, uh, like play like a rec league or just uh, something as just something like a local communities. That like those just the things that can still like keep your passion for the sport going, while also like being able to have fun and also just uh, see a different perspective about a sport that you've been playing in your entire life. So that's kind of just some of my add-ons. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm very, very pleased with just how this conversation went. I feel like Emma, you gave us like a lot of different layers of um, answers, I guess, of, of what we can really do to explore our passion beyond college and what it just looks like outside of a traditional, um, you know, growing up with the sport and then maybe like kind of saying goodbye to it at, at one point. I think that a lot of times that's what people picture in their minds, but I'm really happy that this podcast episode could maybe even defy some of those um, assumptions that people might have about, about sports. So that's really awesome. And um, do you have any personal kind of um, like advice or anything that you want to just tell audience one last time of you know this is something that I would recommend doing no matter what if I want to yeah well first of all it's still a little daunting to me I'm still figuring out where I'm gonna play so I will say that it's a little bit of a scary you know experience to go through hopefully and I truly do believe that I'll figure something out I'll find a team but I guess my advice for especially American athletes if you're talking women's soccer because that's obviously what I know it's that don't be afraid to go abroad, to go over to Europe. There's so many opportunities. There are so many countries, leagues, teams. There's something there for you. And I know it's a little maybe scarier for me. I was lucky I was trying out for some teams in Germany this December, but I was lucky enough to have a teammate from Germany so I could have her kind of facilitate that conversation and find contacts for me. Uh, but if you don't be afraid, I think it's I've had American teammates when I was in college. We had people that had just graduated college when I was in Sweden. We had American players that just graduated college coming to Sweden and they had an amazing, amazing time. And that from playing with us in Sweden, and then they then found other opportunities in Spain and Ireland. So don't be afraid if you want to play. You know, the worst thing that can happen is that you don't like it and you go back home and you can do your American corporate life or whatever it is that you're looking to pursue instead. So, yeah. Yeah, really like what you said. yeah, definitely. I just treat like going abroad, like playing, playing, like playing sports, treat it as like a study abroad opportunity, you know, so yeah. it's similar. 
basically. Right. Yeah. Well, I, the, the best the best decision I've ever made in my entire life was to move to the U.S. I didn't know what it was going to be like, but I knew the worst thing that happens is that I go back home. It's no worse than that. I didn't. I was going to stick with it. But so I think whatever you do, just if you do go, I think anyone who has the opportunity to and wants to should try and live abroad. You meet people you never, ever would have met. Otherwise, you learn, you know, how to be in different culture or languages there's so much more just outside of the sport itself. So that is my number one advice. If you have the opportunity and you want to continue playing your sport and you might not be at the NWSL level, go abroad, move to Sweden, move to Germany, move to Spain. Yeah, it's that, it's that moment of courage and it's really just that, that risk-taking. And, you know, if, you're, if you've been willing to be as passionate and as disciplined as you are to take risks in this, you know, same setting, that you've always been in why can't you take those same risks in that same sense of courage to a different country so yes a hundred percent and i think you when you do it use your network like if anyone if an american player that i even didn't even know reached out to me i would be more than happy to help them to get in contact with coaches in sweden that's kind of unless you have an agent that can do it for you you have to be a little proactive but i think it's more than possible to absolutely well, Eva, thank you so much. We we really have learned and explored a lot in this conversation, and I hope audience members really took away a, a sense of confidence in themselves to pursue sport outside of your kind of atypical journey that might be dictated to you from either a coach or just the sports culture. And uh, we really hope that you... Uh, if you're interested in what you heard or if you want to um, keep following Eva's journey, uh, we will be posting promotions on our Instagram. So follow our Instagram at Fundamental Podcast. And um, please check out our past episodes. We have lots of past guests that have really explored some amazing topics with us. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, or if you would like to be a guest yourself, please also DM us or you can use our email fundamentalpodcast at gmail.com. And if you also want to check out our website, we've had it for a while. I don't know if it's been updated, but that is a medium that is best for you outside of the traditional Spotify, Apple, um, Google Podcasts. We also are on um, Breaker. So there's lots of different podcasts platforms to listen to us but um, please check out all of our resources so we will uh, check back in the next episode and um, cheers to our 2024 i feel like we had a really great first off episode would you agree eva absolutely and thank you guys so much for having me this was a lot of fun and i enjoyed hearing about your guys's experience and sharing my own so thank you chloe thank you chang so much of course. Thank you. Yeah. All right. This was your co-host, Chloe. And this was your co-host, Chang. We'll see you next time. All right. See you guys.